it was so distracting to me that he would have to hide behind a couch. There was this couch in front of him. And then I was shooting beyond the couch, like I was sitting beyond the couch. And he was behind the couch with his tripod and camera. And he would hit play and then he would duck down. I am not joking. I could not have him staring at me and I could not remember my script while he was staring at me. So I'm like, Luke, I can't see you when I'm doing this. I'm so nervous. So he would hit play, duck down. I would do my script. He'd come back up, stop the video, restart it for the next chunk. Like the things that when I think about me in the early days and how I did things, I just, I kind of makes me smile because some of you are there right now where you might be doing some wild things that don't make sense to anybody else, but you're just trying to get through. You're just trying to make it work. And when it comes to doing video in the beginning, when you're new at it, my friend, you do whatever makes you feel good. I'm Amy Porterfield, ex-corporate girl turned CEO of a multi-seven-figure business. But it wasn't all that long ago that I lacked the confidence, the budget, and the time to focus on growing my small but mighty business. Fast forward past many failed attempts and lessons learned, and you'll see the business I have today, one that changes lives and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible, one that used to only exist as a daydream. I created the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to create a business that makes an impact and a life you love, you're in the right place, friend. Let's get started. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. So the thing is, I recently re-recorded all of the training videos for my List Builder Society course. And as I was doing it, I thought to myself, my goodness, I have this process running like a well-oiled machine. But trust me, it hasn't always been that way, which is why it gave me pause. And I got to thinking, If I was early on in my business, or heck, even a few years back, and I had a process for creating high-quality videos that look professional, I would have paid to learn that process. Now, the good thing is you don't have to pay for it because today I'm walking you through the process that I take to ensure that I'm well-organized before any video shoot and that I have all my ducks in a row and I record my course videos like an absolute pro. So nowadays, my team and I update our course videos every two years. We do this to make sure the content is relevant and updated. And if you are a past student of one of my courses, you get all the updates. So if you're in List Builder Society, when I roll out the brand new List Builder Society training course, you get all the new content, lifetime access. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. 
So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. So if you're listening and you had that question, I just wanted to knock it out right away. So while creating this episode, I really wanted to put it together so that anyone can use this process. Whether you're on a budget or you've got some money you can put toward it, you can use this to make your video planning and shooting and editing fun and seamless. So we're going to talk about how to plan and organize your time and your assets, how to select your outfits. Yeah, we're going to talk about actually what you're wearing on camera and how to plan for that and how to plan for your location, how to decide if you're going to work with a videographer or not. And if so, if you're going to work with one, where to find one, what to do about editing your videos. And then I'm sharing just a few of the tools that I swear by to record my course videos. If you're in my Digital Course Academy program, this is very different from what we talk about there. This episode is focused on planning and prepping for your video shoot versus slide decks and different recording styles and how to teach all that good stuff that I teach you in DCA. Also, I should mention that what I'm teaching you here today assumes you've already laid out your modules and your lessons and possibly even created scripts if you need them for your course. So just keep that in mind as we walk through this today. Now, if you're in a place that you haven't created, let's say, an outline for your modules and lessons and you haven't written any scripts or anything like that, still listen because I think it's so valuable to know how to lay this all out when you get there. And I think you're going to walk away, whether you're ready to create your course or not, you're going to walk away today with some insight that you can use in so many different areas of your business. All right, let's get to it. First things first, you must organize your schedule and assets. I love this part, but it's definitely more of the logistics side of thing over the creativity, which we'll get to. So if you know you have a video shoot on the horizon, give yourself plenty of time to plan all the details. If it's possible to plan everything out two to three months in advance, that's golden. But of course, anything can be done in a shorter amount of time. But the further out you plan, the more relaxed you'll be and able to enjoy the process. All right, so let's start at the top. In order to know how much time you're going to need to set aside and know your filming schedule, you need to know what you're recording. And that comes down to your modules and lessons inside of your course. If you're part of Digital Course Academy, then you know that I walk you through mapping out your course modules and lessons. That's not what we're going to do here, but you will want to have a clear vision for what this includes. You can do a full-blown written script, which is what I do, way more complicated, takes way more time, and you got to get used to a teleprompter. I didn't start out that way, and I wouldn't recommend you do so. What I recommend you do is do bullet points to guide you through your lesson content. 
Either way is up to you. And I'm going to share some teleprompter apps that I use that you might be interested in as well. But you do not need a teleprompter to record your digital course. You can record all of your lessons off the cuff just using bullet points. So once you know your modules, I would suggest creating a filming schedule. I'll walk you through what mine consists of and feel free to use the same layout. At the very top, I actually have a list of what outfits I'm going to wear for each module. And don't you worry, my friend, I'm going to also walk you through how to select your outfits for your shoot. So hang tight. Now back to the schedule. Under the information about my outfits, I have a grid with three columns. These include video, link to the script, and filming notes. So I've got this Google Doc, and in the Google Doc, I have these three columns. Again, it will say video, link to script, and filming notes. In the column titled video, I list the name of each module and then each lesson. Because the way I teach it, let's say you have three modules in your course, and then you have multiple video lessons under each module. So that's why you would enter the module and then the actual lesson. And then next to that, I link up to another Google Doc with the script for that exact lesson or the outline, if that's what you're using. So I have easy access in one place. Now, next to that, I go into any notes that either I or my film crew would need to know when we go to film. Things like, If a video has both direct-to-camera and slides, I would mention that in that note section, or if there are any things that we need to take care of when we're editing, so stuff like that. Now, once you have this all in front of you, you can start to decide how many days you'll need, approximately how many hours you'll need, and what to record when. So for example, if I'm recording a few longer lessons, I might only have time for eight videos one day. Well, if I have mostly shorter scripts, I might be able to bang out like 12 or more videos. Here are my suggestions. Don't drag recording these videos out for a long period of time. If you can commit multiple days of uninterrupted time to this project, commit to it and just bust it out. Now, yes, you'll be exhausted at the end and you'll have some long days, but trust me, setting it up and tearing it down and getting in the mindset of recording all these videos is done best when you batch. Also, overestimate your time. Be generous with your time. You'd much rather get done early than be scrambling to make extra time. In fact, I often get done much earlier than I plan. And one time I actually got done a full day earlier than planned. And I just felt really calm throughout the entire thing. All right. So you have modules planned out and then which lessons you're going to record under each module and you know what days you're going to record each one. So basically in my Google Doc, I'll say day one and I'll list the modules and the lessons I'll be recording in day one. So that way I'm showing up and I know, okay, here's my list. I just got to check off. I'm going to do one by one, one by one. I'm going to stay focused. Once I'm done with this day, I can end my day and relax. So once you've done that, you know how much time you need to set aside and you've cleared your calendar and now it's time to call in some support. That means you must tell your family and loved ones that you need quiet time and can't have distractions because likely you're filming in your house. Now, I've actually filmed in a lot of different places 
And we'll talk about location in a minute, but you can film wherever you feel comfortable. I feel most comfortable in my house. The thing is, it's very disruptive to Hobie. He doesn't necessarily love it, but he would never complain. I just can sense that energy about him. He can't walk through the kitchen if I'm near there. He can't make a lot of noise. If he tries to run the blower outside in the lawn, I have to tell him to stop. So it's inconvenient for a family that's trying to live where you're trying to record, especially if it's over a series of days and it's kind of intense, something to think about. So telling your friends and family that you can't have any distractions, letting them know it's just for a short period of time, very important. But again, we'll talk about location soon. Okay, so next up, what outfits will you wear for your shoot? Now, I'm usually sitting at a desk, so I'm really just talking about different shirts I'm going to change into. And this part can be fun. These tips will help you keep it simple and not spend too much time deciding which outfits you're going to wear during filming. And this goes without saying, but this would only apply if you're filming parts or all of your course direct to camera, right? If you're filming just with slides and voiceover, you don't need to choose any outfits. But I mean, go on with your bad self if you want to just look good filming slides and audio. But I recommend selecting one outfit per module to mix it up. So if you are going to be direct to camera, one outfit per module, meaning you might have six lessons, six video lessons under a module. And in each of those lessons, you're wearing the same shirt. Because if not, that's way too many outfit changes. And quite honestly, outfit changes slow you down. So that's what I do. I'll just do one shirt per module and I'll just change my shirts each time I move into another module. And that just keeps things interesting and simple. I can't stress this enough. You don't have to go all out and buy new outfits. In fact, I think for List Builder Society, I think I wore the same shirt for all modules. It's a shorter program. You can get through List Builder Society in a weekend. And so I think I wore a denim shirt because that's my signature. I don't know why. I just like a denim shirt. So I think I wore that throughout all the videos. So do whatever feels right. And if you're like, I don't even want to deal with this. I want to keep it simple. One shirt is fine. And here's another reason I say start planning your shoot as far in advance as possible. It gives you a buffer in case you do want to go shopping or borrow a friend's shirt or anything like that. You could schedule it in advance. But the reason I bring this up is because if you don't decide what you're going to wear, the morning of, you're scrambling. You're standing in your closet. Everything looks ugly. Uh, you Nothing's going to work. And now you're in a mood and you're going to mess up your recording. So at least the night before, I'm deciding what I'm wearing on camera and done. I don't think about it again because I don't want to be stressed out with it in the morning. So that's why it's important. Okay, so go back to your filming schedule doc once you decide what you're going to wear and just list that in the Google doc. And then like I said, like the night before, Put out what you're going to wear, any accessories if you need to choose shoes. Like I'm in yoga pants and barefoot because I only show the top part if I'm sitting at a desk, but put out whatever you need so you wake up in the morning ready to go. All right, now it's time to talk about planning the location of your shoot. To keep it simple, I recommend shooting at your house if it's an option. Whether this is your first shoot or your fifth, I personally feel that recording at home just makes things easier. It allows me to feel more relaxed and saves me tons of money. Like I've spent 
thousands and thousands of dollars renting Airbnbs or studio locations. I did this a lot in Carlsbad because in Nashville, I have a bigger house and I have more space to work. But in Carlsbad, I didn't have as much space. And so bringing a filming crew in was very disruptive. So I rented a lot of Airbnbs and it's just kind of a pain in the butt because you got to schlep all your outfits over there, make sure you don't forget anything. And the drive time is factored in. So heck, if I could just stay home, I will, but not everyone has that luxury. So do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel comfortable. And let's think about the dog and the kids and the spouse at home. All of that makes it more tricky. So you might say, Amy, you think your situation is more relaxed. If I stay home, I'm more stressed. So in that case, then go off site. So again, there's so many options, but I actually have used peerspace.com by the hour. So you might have a peerspace, P-E-E-R, S-P-A-C-E.com in your area. Check out Peerspace. And then like I said, Airbnb or a VRBO. So try that. And then if all of that fails, Google places for a video shoot near me and see what pops up. Either way, I want you to make the decision as far in advance as possible and make the necessary arrangements, whether that's booking something or clearing and cleaning an area of your house, whatever you need to do. So you're set up in advance. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers. And I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products, and I want to talk about Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. 
There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Now that this is all coming together, you know what your schedule is going to look like and how much time you'll need to record and how many days, and you're choosing what you're going to wear for each of the modules, and you've got your location ready and your scripts or outline, it's time to set up your studio and make some decisions around hiring a videographer or just doing it yourself. And I'll be honest, I really don't think you need to hire a high-end videographer to come and be with you during your entire shoot. I think when you're starting out on your own or especially early on, it's best to do it alone. However, I will admit that there's value in working with someone who's knowledgeable in the area to get it set up and get you rolling. So if you find someone who knows video well, you can have them come over maybe even for an hour or two and help you set up a super simple recording studio that you can use. That would be a huge help. I was talking to Jenna Kutcher not too long ago, and she's someone who has been in the industry for a very long time. She's shot many, many videos in courses, but she had somebody local come over and just get her set up with the basics of what she needed because she wanted to elevate her recording, but she didn't want to bring in a big video crew. And that got me thinking that a lot of the times, even if you could afford a video crew, usually it's like two people come in, they set up the lighting, the camera, the location, all of that. It's intimidating. When you have people watching you all the time while you're recording your course, that's intimidating. I got to tell you a quick little story. When I lived in Carlsbad, when I first started to record videos, I was in this little condo that I owned myself. And then I uh, married Hobie and he and Cade moved in. And so it felt very, very small when the three of us were living there. It was supposed to be like a, a bachelorette pad where I was single, footloose and fancy free. And that lasted for like <laughs> three months. And then I met Hobie. So I used to bring over a videographer and his name is Luke. And Luke was just getting started in his business. Now it's a huge business and I was just getting started. So Luke would just come over with his camera and it would be on a tripod and he would shoot me and I would just record short little videos. Now this is wild, but back in the day, I would do like a one page or a one and a half page script. I would write it out and I would memorize it. Now I wouldn't memorize it all the way through. I would memorize chunks of it and like the day before, and then Luke would come in and I would record that chunk and then I'd read it over real fast. And then I'd record the next chunk because I had memorized it from the day before. That's how I would shoot these short videos. These weren't for courses. They were like Facebook ad videos and social media videos and stuff like that. Anyway, while I was recording, I had never had anybody record me before. And so here's Luke. At the time, he was a total stranger to me. Now he's a dear friend. But he would, it was so distracting to me that he would have to hide behind a couch. There was this couch in front of him. And then I was shooting beyond the couch, like I was sitting beyond the couch. And he was behind the couch with his tripod and camera. And he would hit play. And then he would duck down. 
I am not joking. I could not have him staring at me and I could not remember my script while he was staring at me. So I'm like, Luke, I can't see you when I'm doing this. I'm so nervous. So he would hit play, duck down. I would do my script. He'd come back up, stop the video, restart it for the next chunk. Like the things that when I think about me in the early days and how I did things, I just, I kind of, makes me smile because some of you are there right now where you might be doing some wild things that don't make sense to anybody else, but you're just trying to get through. You're just trying to make it work. And when it comes to doing video in the beginning, when you're new at it, my friend, you do whatever makes you feel good. If you need your videographer to squat down and you don't see their face when you're filming, you go on with your bad self. You do whatever you need to do. But I just wanted to throw that in there because it had me thinking when I was talking to Jenna, she's like, I don't necessarily want a big camera crew at my house or anything like that. And I thought, well, I get it. Most people don't. So even if you have the money, you might not want them in your house. Believe me, Hobie doesn't want them in our house. But to me, it's just gotten easier if like two people come over and it's a four-day shoot and they set it all up, they leave their stuff there for four days, then come back and break it all down when we're done. Well, they don't come back. They're there filming every day with me and then they break it all down on the final day. Anyway, do whatever works for you. But one thing that is important, whether you have someone come over for an hour or two and help you get set up or whether you do it all yourself, I mean, if you're doing just slides and voiceover, you don't need anyone. But if you are on camera at all, and I tell my students, I'd love for you to at least be on camera for like a welcome video. And then when the course is over, a celebratory video at the end, or maybe sprinkle yourself on camera throughout the whole thing just to have that personal touch. I like that. So a few direct-to-camera videos in your course would be ideal. And so if that's the case, one thing that is important is lighting. So you might have a really simple background. Heck, you could have a white wall in your house, whatever it might be. That is fine. I don't think the background is as important as the lighting. So either you are in front of a camera, not a camera, you are, well, you're in front of a camera, but you're in front of a window with natural light, which means you only have a certain amount of time to film, right? It's just that, that period of time in the day where the light's shining through perfectly, take advantage of it. But if you're not going to use natural light, which I don't tend to use natural light because you can never count on it. So today it's super cloudy outside, which makes for beautiful natural light. But yesterday it was very, very bright and I couldn't stand in front of any of the windows without getting blown out. So with that, I would just rather artificial light. So whatever works for you, but even if you had a friend come over and help you, someone that could say, yeah, you look good or you get look blown out, do it in advance though. So I guess the point of the, like the theme of this whole thing is plan in advance. You sure as heck do not want to be playing with lights and figuring out lights the day you're shooting. It makes you flustered. Believe me, you're speaking to someone who's made all the mistakes. So don't do that. Now, if money's tight or you just love a good bargain, there are lots of budding videographers that are in college or just getting started who are not going to charge a huge amount to help you just get everything set up or stay the whole time and film you. So there's so many options you have here. Also, there's inexpensive lighting kits that you can get. Um, I'll link to one in the show notes that I like. So you've got a lot of options for lighting and getting support if you need it. The important thing again is to decide. Decide the route you're going to take. If you love a little tech challenge and you want to set it up yourself, 
give yourself advanced time to do so. If you want to find someone to support you, get it on your calendar, talk to them in advance, figure out how much it's going to cost, plan ahead. So I will absolutely be sharing some resources that I love using. So don't worry, I've got you covered there. I'll admit that after working with someone once, it's much easier to run it solo for your next time around. So even if you want to bring someone in for the first time, but then say, look, I really want to do this on my own moving forward, they can help you figure that out as well. Okay, thanks to your handy dandy filming schedule, you now know how many hours of videos you're going to have to edit. So when you're scheduling things out, make sure you account for how much editing time you need so that you ensure these videos are ready to go live in your course at the correct time. So let me back up here. While I do think you can set up your recording studio, and I'm putting that in quotation marks so you know I'm not talking about anything fancy, just camera, lighting, setup, just get it all set up. You can do that on your own. I do believe you can record all your videos seamlessly by yourself. But editing, that's where I want to encourage you to actually have someone edit for you. And there's a good reason for that. Let's just say I learned the hard way. I held on to editing my videos way too long in my business. And it soaked up valuable time and energy that I could have put to things like either resting or working on the things in my business that I do way better than editing. Like my friends, it was just a few years ago that I stopped editing my videos in ScreenFlow, my course videos, just a few years ago. I think that I should have started having someone editing my course videos in year two. Save money in year one, year two, have someone do it for you. That's what I would do. I was stubborn and I just thought, look, It's quicker if I do it because if I don't do it, I have to make a bunch of edit notes and have somebody else follow my edit notes and that's going to take time. These days, I don't even do edit notes. I have somebody on my team help me with that. So it's gotten a lot easier. But even if I did have to do edit notes, I should have just had someone do it for me. My friend, if you're on a budget or not, hire an editor. I promise you, you will not regret it. I found out just how exhausting it can be to set up your studio, plan it all out, record all your videos, and then go on to editing it yourself. It's just too much. Can it be done? Yes, I did it for years and years and years, but I'd love for you not to make that same mistake. So just like with a videographer, ask around. Maybe you have some friends or family who could support you with this, or maybe there's a budding videographer who's done a lot of editing on the side. Just do a little research, ask around in any entrepreneurial Facebook communities you might be in, and then just find an editor. Heck, you might be able to find a virtual assistant with editing experience. I know that one of my VAs on my team has video editing experience, and he's done some amazing work with us. Now, do keep in mind that the more direct a camera you have in your videos, the more editing will need to happen. It's just part of the game. So when I hired someone just to edit my slides with voiceover, well, that's pretty easy. But having someone edit videos of me on camera where I've messed up, that's a different level of editing. So make sure that whoever you hire has experience with both. Now, I just want to give you a little trick I use, and you probably already know this, but let's say that you are just doing audio, like voiceover with slides. Whenever I mess up, so I don't have to do edit notes, whenever I mess up, I just 
pause. I do a big pause. I actually do it with this podcast as well. If I really fumble something, I'll just pause and start over. My video editor or audio editor knows that that's where I made a mistake. So it's much easier for them to realize, oh, she wants to record that part over because I gave it a big pause. That's exactly how I do all of my audio so the editors know. Just something to think about. Okay, again, I trust you'll make the best decision for you and your business, but I love to share with you where I messed up and what I would do differently. All right, last but certainly not least, let's talk about a few tools or platforms I highly recommend you use. One question I get all the time is, do you use a teleprompter? And when it comes to recording videos for my courses, over the last few years, I do use full-blown scripts. They take a long time to write for the record. And because I'm using those full scripts, I absolutely use a teleprompter. Now, Facebook Lives, very different. I do not use a teleprompter for any of my Facebook Lives. None of that is scripted. And I've never used a teleprompter for anything live. I was talking to Michael Hyatt and he's done live video with teleprompters many times. And I thought that totally freaks me out. The minute something gets messed up on that teleprompter and I will literally just like lose it. So I am not that skilled. I do not use any teleprompters for anything live. I just use uh, outline like bullet points on my iPad that's right in front of me. That's what I use. So I realize using a teleprompter has its challenges, but I highly recommend it if you're using scripts. Now I use Prompt Smart. So P R O M P T S M A R T. So Prompt Smart. Prompt Smart allows you to not have to use a toggle to move the script forward. So it's hands-free. It follows your voice. Is it perfect? No. Does it get stuck sometimes? Yes. But overall, I have pretty good success with it. It literally paces with my voice. When I pause, the teleprompter pauses. Pretty cool, right? So that's when I'm going to do a professional video that is landscape, like horizontal. But if I am going to do a vertical video, which is a lot of my social media videos, so if I put it on a Facebook ad or Instagram ad or just Instagram stories, I'll use a teleprompter called Big View. So B-I-G-V-U. I don't always use scripts for Facebook ad videos or Instagram story videos, but when I do, you can load up your script into Big View and your phone becomes a teleprompter and it is incredible. Like I might have just given you the best value in this episode by telling you about Big View. Very inexpensive. You could write your scripts and record on your iPhone. Now, again, it's going to be vertical. It's not horizontal. So you can't use it for everything you need, but dang, it is really good. I love, love, love it. Okay. So both of them allow you to use your phone, but Prompt Smart is what I use for my actual teleprompter equipment that I have in my house. And if you think about it, if you're not using scripts a lot and you only need it for a short amount of time, they're subscription. So you could cancel if you're not needing it. But for Big View, I use it at least a few times a month. So I'm going to keep that subscription for sure. All right. So when it comes to recording myself, like in my studio, I use Ecamm or with my teleprompter as well, I use Ecamm. And so basically 
This is something that allows me to get things recorded in a way that's not too techy, meaning ECAM, E-C-A-M-M, is very easy to use. So that's how I actually record myself from the camera into ECAM. Now, I also use Ecamm for slides and audio, so something you can look into. Ecamm, I think, is great for beginners and advanced users, and the quality always turns out great, and I'll add that to my show notes as well. Listen, when I mention that it's helpful to have a videographer come help you for an hour or two, they can get all this stuff set up for you, and don't let them leave without you practicing and making sure that you understand how it all works. I am notorious for having someone come set something up at my house. I'm not around when they do it. They leave, I go to do it and nothing works like they said it would. Now, it absolutely could be me. I don't care. I just need someone to be there and prove to me that this stuff works. So just something to keep in mind. All right, are you ready for your action items? This probably goes without saying, but your action item is to plan your next video shoot. Now, depending on how far out you are from doing this, meaning it might be six months, it might be nine months, it might be two weeks, whatever it is, your planning and putting things into action will vary. But here's my challenge for you. Maybe you have your videos recorded for your course already And maybe you're going to do them live, or maybe they need to be updated. That's what I've been doing this year. Or maybe you're just prepping for your very first video shoot. Whatever it might be, use this guide to help you. When you follow a plan like this, your videos turn out looking professional. And when they're in a paid product, putting that extra time and energy into creating something special is totally worth it. So ask yourself, do I need to redo my videos? Is it time to update my course? Or if you're planning for your very first video shoot, then what can you take from what you learned here and put it into action? I hope this episode helped you to see that planning and recording high quality videos for your course doesn't have to be like a horrible, overwhelming thing. It can be seamless when you have a plan. And I've just laid out exactly how I do it and what works for me. And hopefully that gives you a lot of inspiration. And I want you to have fun when you're doing this. I actually enjoy it when the day comes for me to record because everything's been planned out. When I don't enjoy a video shoot is when it feels last minute, scattered, pulled together, I can't find the script. I don't know where the outline is. I'm not sure what I'm recording today. My outfits are a mess. Like that kind of thing is not fun. If you want to enjoy the process, plan ahead. All right, my friend, thanks so much for joining me. And as always, I ask that you share this with a friend who would benefit from it. I would greatly appreciate that. And I'll see you next week for another episode of Online Marketing Made Easy. Same time, same place. Bye for now.